0: Hello, I'm Paul Leffler, welcoming you again to the Scripps National Spelling Bee Podcast and the start of Bee Week. For spelling fans the world over, this week is our Super Bowl. 285 brilliant young spellers and their families have traveled to Washington with their preparation, excitement, and nerves in tow. I know exactly what these kids are going through because when I was 13, I was one of them. I can still see those bright lights of the spelling bee from my current and slightly more relaxed position, the commentator's chair for ESPN. Airtime on the worldwide leader in sports exposes the Scripps National Spelling Bee to viewers around the world. It's an especially enjoyable contest to those who value both high academic intelligence and dramatic, intense competition. Today, our guest is just such a person and an exemplary American in many ways.
1: Words often embody energy, and in this world that so desperately needs strong, positive, uplifting energy, we should all think about uh, being someone that reflects that. And
0: frankly, every word is a choice. He was an NCAA Division I football player, a Rhodes Scholar, who also happens to be an elected official in our country's highest legislative chamber. Cory Booker was generous enough to take the time out of his busy schedule and speak to us about the power of words. We spoke via Skype from his senatorial office in Washington DC. Senator Booker, it's an honor to have you on the program. Thanks for being with us today and and I got to start with the spelling bee. In your consciousness and your awareness, I know there are a lot of things going on in your world, but have you paid attention to the Scripps National Spelling Bee before?
1: Yeah, I I definitely have seen it uh, before, bits of it, and always am excited to to learn about the winners and, frankly, to see them in action. It's pretty incredible. And the great thing is it's, it's grown quite a bit. So even if you miss it, like the next week, you see a lot of these students showing up on various talk shows, and it's incredible to watch them.
0: Right on. What about you? Growing up, were you ever in spelling bees yourself?
1: Uh, Sir, I cannot say that that was a strength of mine, spelling. I was very lucky. I was a guy that early on was one of the early people that got a computer. And uh, that enabled me, instead of having to handwrite my essays, that I actually got a chance to type them out. And on this early computer, my parents worked for IBM, they had spell check. Which both saved me and ruined me because I began to rely more and more on that technology.
0: Well, I guess you're still pretty tech savvy, huh? You're you're pretty adept at the social media world, it seems.
1: Yeah, and I love autocorrect, <laughs> and although uh, sometimes it can get you in trouble.
0: Well, I would think as a senator, whether you have spell check or not, that language is still pretty important. And as a public figure, obviously, every word you say is scrutinized and, and could be made into a lot more than it was. How conscious do you have to be of every word that comes out of your mouth or comes off your keyboard?
1: You, you need to be as conscious as possible. Words do have power. And frankly, as I've go- gotten on in life, I think whenever we speak, we have to be conscious of the impact of our words. You know, there have been times when I was, look back in high school, where you have a group of guys talking about women in a derogatory way and that has an impact and not, and your silence has an impact and the words you use the metaphors they can ha- they can impact a person's self-esteem they can elevate an individual and when you're in the public eye it's not only the gaffe that you should be concerned about which is saying something that comes out not as you as you mean it but also just understanding that a kind word uh, resonates negativity resonates words often embody energy and in this world that so desperately needs uh, strong, positive, uplifting energy, we should all think about uh, being someone that, that reflects that. And frankly, you know, we, every word is a choice. And there are times when we're frustrated or when we've been insulted or uh, when somebody might have been rude to us. In that moment, we have a choice to make. And, and so I always try to choose my words that reflect my highest self, uh, not my baser instincts or my frustrations or my anger. I try to let my words not only hopefully elevate others, but really elevate me uh, by speaking kindness into the world and goodness into the world.
0: Well, where did that come from? Who did that in your life that gave you that example and kind of called you forward to that understanding or aim?
1: You know, I think a lot of it had to do with my parents. I saw my parents in difficult situations or heard them at the dinner table, you know, talking about experiences at work uh, that might have been frustrating my mom being a woman as an executive faced a lot of challenges. Both my parents were two of the first Blacks to integrate IBM uh, in the first sort of big wave of African Americans. And they would tell stories often of, of people being unkind to them or treating them in a negative manner. But it was amazing how my parents really met that darkness with their own light. And how someone treats you is their karma. How you treat them uh, is yours. And uh, I, I just saw every day examples of my parents' speaking words of goodness and kindness, even when they were being disrespected. And my father had a way of showing me, you know, he used his words to affirm the dignity of everyone, no matter what station they were in life. And, you know, he'd be on a checkout line, a a supermarket, and by the time the uh, checkout person finished ringing up his groceries, they would be in a great mood, laughing at his dad jokes, and he would sometimes know their entire life story. He just had a power of engagement with his words that really brightens someone's day and I know in my own life when somebody elevates me with their words I take that energy with me and share it and it ripples out into the world and so I've just been a lover of words I grew up in a household that often uh, played speeches of great leaders whether it's uh, you know the speeches of Martin Luther King or, or, or John F Kennedy
0: We choose to go to the moon
1: I really fell in love with oratory at a very early age and just think that, you know, we are a nation uh, from Abraham Lincoln to Jefferson, Alexander Hamilton. So many of these folks were powerful with the written word, powerful with the spoken word, uh, from Thomas Paine's Common Sense to Martin Luther King's Letters from a Birmingham Jail. Um, so much of that, the power of words in oratory and written uh, has shaped humankind, shaped this nation. And that also inspired me from a very early age. So my parents in practice and from my studies and witnessing great oratory and great writing, by the time I went off into the world in college, I was just a lover of the word uh, and lover of language and the power of language to make a difference, to elevate, to make make a positive change.
0: Well, when it comes to your old IBM computer, the spell check could bail you out as long as it had that word in the dictionary. But when you talk about oratory... If you're getting ready to give a speech and maybe someone else has written part of it for you or, or all of it for you and you look at it and you see a word down there that uh, maybe you don't recognize, what do you do in that situation? Has something like that ever happened to you?
1: Well, I think my staff might use a, a big word for me when it comes to them writing speeches for me, and that word is incorrigible. And I'm incorrigible because I don't stick to scripts very well. And so there's a word on the page that they may have written— I'll just uh, skip over it and, and infuse my own thoughts or ideas. You know, a lot of speaking uh, to me is best when it comes from the gut and from the heart. And sometimes when you're chained to the, what's written on a page, it inhibits your ability to express yourself or connect uh, with an audience, to be spontaneous, to be authentic. And so I often use the written word on a page more as an outline or guideposts for where I want to take remarks but I try to uh, be in the moment when I'm speaking and be connected to the people I'm speaking with. So there, there's a real relationship there, a real exchange of energy.
0: Uh, the Spellers that will be in this competition, they're you know anywhere from 8 years old to 15. So if you think back to when you were in that age range, were you dreaming about being a, a U.S. senator or were you dreaming about being an NFL player? or What do you remember looking forward to at that age?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, the best way to make God laugh is to make plans for yourself. So I'm sure the the plans I had between being 8 and 15 were were nothing about what I'm doing now. But, you know, I I did know from an early age that I wanted to help people. I remember as a grade school student wanting to be a psychologist uh, because so many of my friends would call me up and I would talk with them about their issues or their problems. And I thought that that was a wonderful thing to have a career where every day you got to help people. And uh, that just evolved uh, you know, in those years to different ideas or different professions. You know, I was definitely an athlete, but I, I, I even in my uh, high school years, I knew that football was gonna be my ticket, not my destination. And indeed, it did help open up doors to go to a great college and get a scholarship. But uh, for me, service was what I saw uh, from parents and relatives, and it's what I wanted to emulate professionally.
0: So your state, the Garden State, will have six incredible young people. They're smart, they're driven, they're diverse, they're all going to be competing in the Scripps National Spelling Bee, and you're their senator for all six of them. You're also a former football player. So what kind of pep talk would you give them before they go into competition in Washington?
1: (laughs) Well, I don't know if these young people need a pep talk. In fact, I think they should probably be going around the country giving pep talks. You've got some of the brightest minds at young ages achieving extraordinary things, distinguishing themselves, making it to this level of competition, Uh, we all could learn from uh, young people like that. And uh, I would just more be thanking them for being there and encouraging them to go into the competition with a warrior's mind, the idea that you've prepared uh, all that you can to feel a peace about you, uh, not to be wedded to outcome, but be wedded to giving it uh, your best effort and that uh, in the end, if you do that, everything takes care of itself. So uh, I just applaud them and thank them. Uh, they inspire me, and I have a feeling they're going to be inspiring uh, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of others through their extraordinary competition, and uh, it's going to be a great one. I'm confident of that.
0: Speaking of New Jersey, can you spell Parsippany? ha,
1: ha, ha, Yes, I can. And will I? No. Just in case on the odd off chance that I do make a mistake, I will not spell Parsippany. New Jersey actually has some incredible, uh, you know, towns that are hard to spell, uh, like Cinnaminson and uh, Wachung. Uh, but I've gotten pretty good at spelling some towns. Uh, so if you want to force me and, uh, you know, a United States senator to, to spell on the off chance, I might get it wrong. Uh, I will, but I can't guarantee you that I'm not using uh, Google at this point.
0: Ah, yeah. Well, full disclosure, I like that. This is not a gotcha spelling bee, but just out of curiosity, give it a shot. Parsippany, as in the city in New Jersey.
1: Right. The question is, is how many p's are there? But I'm pretty sure there's three. So, P A R -S S I P P A N Y.
0: You have held on to your office, sir. Well done.
1: Uh, A huge sigh of relief, (sighs) and now I can go to Parsippany, New Jersey and show my my face.
0: When you think back on your life, and obviously you've had just uh, some incredible experiences and you're a fairly young person here, but is there a word or a phrase that when you think back on your career and the path that you've taken that you would say is the most important or has had the biggest impact?
1: Um, there, there's lots of phrases, but I, I, I uh, the one that just caught my mind is you saying that uh, it's just two words. Uh, uh, one uh, maybe a little more challenging to spell, and the other one, uh, perhaps uh, one of those universal uh, words in the English language. Uh, but it would be indomitable
0: love. You're not going to spell it for us, are you?
1: What? <laughs> Well, love, I will spell as uh, L-O-V-E, uh, but uh, you're really going to make me spell the, uh, the, the difficult one, I-N-D-O-M-I-T-A-V-L-E. Indomitable love.
0: You're on the ball, man. You're on the ball, and and I think the other comments that you've made have underscored why that's been important to you. Hey, you know, if you're uh, if you guys aren't busy in Washington while the bee's going on, you're always welcome to come out and uh, and be a cheerleader for your Garden State spellers. You know,
1: I, I really do hope one day to make it there live, but I, I just hope all of them. I'm rooting for Jersey uh, Jersey uh, girls and boys. But uh, I am proud of our country and and that we find ways like this to give our kids. Such great experiences, and that their intelligence, uh, their hard work, and dedication and sacrifice uh, has such an extraordinary platform to be exhibited. And, and that uh, I hope they don't uh, take it lightly that what they're doing now is putting down a, a strong foundation for their future success. Everyone that's made it to that level uh, is showing that they have what it takes to be successful in life.
0: Amen. Well said. Senator Cory Booker, thank you so much for your time, and uh, we look forward to talking to you in the future. I'm grateful.
1: Thanks for taking the time to engage me like this, and uh, best of luck again to all the students involved.
0: Cory Booker is a U.S. senator from New Jersey, former mayor of the city of Newark, one-time football player at Stanford University, and a Rhodes Scholar. He can also spell the town name of Parsippany, New Jersey, like a champ. Senator Booker is big on social media, and you can keep in touch on Twitter, at Corey Booker. We'll link to his page from our account, at Spelling Bee Pod. And you can also find us under that handle on Facebook and Instagram. We love to hear from the spelling world, or the orthogosphere, if you will. So email us anytime, spellingbeepodcast at scripps.com. Special thanks to Sam and Sylvia in Senator Booker's office for helping us arrange this interview. And thank you for listening to the Scripps National Spelling Bee Podcast. Remember, it's a special series. Catch up on all the shows you might have missed and keep an ear out for our fresh episodes all the way through the week. We'll have results, highlights, and behind-the-scenes interviews straight from the Gaylord National, so you won't want to miss a minute. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice and listen anytime at spellingbeepodcast.com. Happy Bee Week. For the Scripps National Spelling Bee Podcast, I'm Paul Leffler.